With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of season four already here at the WISP News Desk. I'm Chris Stafford alongside Nancy Gillen. And we've got a whole load of sports news for you this week, of course, not least of all football. We had the England and Austria World Cup qualifying game there in in Austria. And over here, the USWNT played Nigeria and we'll play them again tomorrow. Uh, So we've got that to talk about. We've got cricket, we've got rugby, we've got boxing and yeah and more rugby so we have quite a few topics this week nancy but how are things over there the other side of the pond yeah good thank you um getting into autumn now summer's coming to an end getting darker but that also means uh the start of the women's super league over here which is really exciting and a lot of other really cool exciting women's sporting events happening september too so yeah with autumn um comes new events to look forward to Yep, new seasons ahead of us. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned at the top there, you did have a World Cup qualifier and uh, England now have qualified for the World Cup down under next year. So we can check that box, which also means that you can play the US in the friendly coming up in October, October 7th. So that box is firmly checked. It looked like a pretty straightforward game there for England, though, Nancy, wasn't it? A 2-0 win, Alessia Russo and Nikita Paris uh, being the goal scorers there. What was your summary of that game? Yeah, I think it it was quite a comprehensive victory, really. I think Austria are always definitely a a tough team to beat. I think England have played them a lot of times um, recently um, at both the Euros, World Cup qualifiers, um, friendlies as well. We seem seem to just be, we play Austria quite a lot. um, And they are quite a defensively sound, organised team, uh, normally frustrate their opponents and we normally beat them 1-0. That seems to kind of be the, the um, common scoreline when we play Austria. But yeah, this time it was 2-0. I think, it, again, it was kind of quite similar to how it, it kind of usually transpires. Um, yeah, just kind of having to, to rely on some some good attack, a good attacking moves to, to get the goals. But yeah, Russo, uh, good, really good to see her scoring with um, Ellen White having retired a few weeks ago because Russo is kind of now going into that starting striker's, striker spot. So good to see her, you know, start the game and score. And then Nikita Paris as well, obviously had a bit of a tough uh, season last season at Arsenal, didn't really play that much. Didn't play much. Didn't play too much at the Euros either. So good for her confidence, I guess, for her to come on and score. And yeah, at the, at the end of it, it was kind of, you know, a pretty um, straightforward win. Um, 
I think it was kind of if if we hadn't qualified for the World Cup, then it would certainly have been the the match against Luxembourg where we, we probably would have got World Cup qualification. So I suppose they weren't playing with too much pressure there. Um, and yeah, good to, good to get the job done and and hopefully against Luxembourg, um, you know, try out some new players, maybe put some of the younger players in the squad on and and have a bit of rotation. Yeah, I saw Serena Wegman's. Uh press conference uh, uh, yeah, today I believe it was uh, when she said that there could be some changes she indicated that when you play Luxembourg again it's a World Cup qualifier but you've checked that box now that te- that game takes place at Stoke City tomorrow nine uh, September 6 uh, the same day that we play Nigeria again but ours is a friendly uh, but you know, to go back to England that uh, uh, that that means that my, we might see some changes there in the starting lineup and, and, and the substitutions there Nancy so I think that that will be interesting. She'll she'll really want to test out some of those players. Uh, I think you know this is all a testing, isn't it? You know to see who's going to replace those two that have t- just retired, as you mentioned, Ellen White and Jill Scott. So uh, who's going to who's going to be starting now? Um, so these the the Luxembourg game, which which should be straightforward, I would imagine a high scoring uh, match for England. Uh, and then, of course, playing the U.S. in a friendly. Um, and as Serena said, you know, we've got to play the top teams. And I think that will be a very interesting game. We'll have lots more to talk about if that comes around in October. But for a number of reasons, I think that's going to be very interesting on both sides, right? For the U.S. and for England, with their new starting lineups, with their new players coming in, trying new players out. It's all, you know, uh, um, the eve of the World Cup year. So lots to look forward to there. I, I Yeah, well, and to talk about that, Nancy, we won't be short of conversation when that game comes around next month. Definitely not. And I think... Um... It's definitely two teams that could win the World Cup that have a good chance. I think that's that's why it's so exciting. Um, kind of see where how both teams are against each other, and yeah, both quite you know, yeah, new look teams. I think England might have a bit of an advantage in that they've had the Euros. Um, I know the US have also been in a t- in a tournament, but kind of the Euros, they've been playing like. The really, yes. really high caliber teams uh, compared yes. to the US. In that sense, the US might be on the back foot a bit, but obviously they want to be playing teams like England to then get in the kind of form they need to for the World Cup. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm incredibly excited for that one. It's it's going to yes. be incredible. Me too. All right, we will bring you that as it happens. So uh, just going over to the US now. Over here at last last week, or was that the week? Sorry, the weekend on Saturday in Kansas City, the US played a friendly, the first of two friendlies against Nigeria. They won four nil convincingly. No surprises there. Sophia Smith scored uh, two goals, and no surprising when that girl is on fire right now. Nice to see Lindsay Horan though score. She she scored in the twenty fifth minute in between those two goals of of uh, Sophia's, and then uh, Alex Morgan. Um, well, she couldn't go wrong really from the spot. She scored a penalty in the fifty second minute, so it was a really easy win for the US. And not at all surprising, although. The, Nigeria have got some players that play uh, in in the NWSL. So, uh, you know, not to put that team down too much because they've got some quality players as well. And they will come back again and meet us for a second of those two friendlies tomorrow uh, on the 6th of uh, September at the Audi Field in Washington, D.C. And I can't go. But we we talked about this, Nancy, how expensive those tickets were as well, which... 
got me pretty mad when I saw the difference between the t- what you would pay over there and what we're paying over here. Uh, yeah, a big difference, $140 for a ticket over here. So uh, that wouldn't have stopped me going. Possibly, possibly not. I'm not sure. sure. I think I would pay that. Certainly I would have paid that if we were playing England. I think that's what we need to do, Nancy. Once we've played England at Wembley, then I think England should come over here and it should be a double-header, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I think that benefits both teams. And yeah, hopefully you'd get to go to the match as well. So win-win all round. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we'll bring you um, the outcome of those uh, two games on the show next week. That's the England-Luxembourg World Cup qualifier at Stoke City on the 6th of September. And over here, the friendly against Nigeria in D.C. So... Uh, all that to look forward to next week. We'll break that down for you. But we're going to move on to uh, well, we're going to move on to cricket before we get to the U.S. Open, which is ongoing when the second final week here of the U.S. Open. But there's also uh, um, the cricket that we, we haven't talked about much because rather what got overshadowed by uh, the Euros and then the Commonwealth Games and and a lot of athletics, of course, were happening in Europe this summer. Uh, but Cricket has uh, been playing out in the form of that 100 trophy, which we talked about last year a lot, that made its debut. And the crowds there, Nancy, they they culminated in a final at uh, Lords, of course, the home of cricket in London, in North London. And the overall Invincibles won that trophy. But uh, the crowds were amazing there. 20,840, which was an, a, another record official attendance at the Lords Cricket Ground for the hundreds women women's final there, uh, and I know you got a taste of it last year, but did you get a chance to follow much of it this season? Um, I did a, a little bit, not really watching, uh, even though it is pretty accessible on TV. But like you said, there were so many events going on, but just kind of keeping up with it through. Um, you know, the news and uh, and Twitter, social media. But again, yeah, what was noticeable, I think, was the crowds that were turning out for it. Um, you know, it kind of, it works quite nicely that it's not so much, they, they do have double headers with, with the men's tournament, but it's that they're the same team. So kind of, I think, because the competition has started um, for men and women at the same time and they're in the same teams, you know, you, you get invested in a team as opposed to whether it's the men or the women's team, if that makes sense. Um, so that's, I think that's definitely played into it. And I just think, you know, I went last year, um, I didn't get to go this year, but it's just pretty accessible. It's quite cheap. It's it's just a fun day out. So it's it's just quite attractive for, for people to go and watch women's cricket. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely amazing to see those, those crowds. Um, and I think there was a, that we talked about a story a few weeks ago where that it actually makes cricket like the most watched domestic women's domestic sport in the UK, I think, um, over football because I think the hundred on, on average has higher crowds than the WSL. Um, which is pretty remarkable when when you think about it like that. So yeah, I know obviously the hundreds had its critics and there's, you know, pros and cons to it, but in terms of what it's done for the women's um women's cricket is it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it really is fantastic. Uh, and I know Beth Wild, you know, uh, we've had her on the show before. She is the manager of the 100. She's been getting so excited on Twitter. If you've been following her on Twitter, uh, oh, my goodness, the crowds and, and 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 the excitement of the crowds, too, you know, and how they got behind the team, to your point. You know, they really got behind their team. 
uh, during this tournament and and to be able to play out you know at the home of cricket at lords and at these you know these big stages is only you know only going bodes well for the sport for the future of the sport because more people can see uh, the interest that that it's it's generating and i think they'll just increase the numbers too so i can i well imagine that they would continue to uh, get grow their crowds, um, and I think the total women's competition attendance for the hundred was uh, an average of ten thousand, and total two hundred over two hundred and seventy thousand. That's three thousand higher than in la- last year, with eight fewer fewer matches. So it's growing, growing, growing exponentially. Nancy, hopefully you'll be able to be able to watch some more next year. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I think, again, it's probably going to clash with the Women's World Cup, but, um, you know, it's, it's not a bad problem to have too much women's support on at the same time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's flick over to the U.S. Open. As I said, it's the second week of the U.S. Open at Flushing Meadows. And we saw some surprises last week, didn't we? What, what were the headlines for you, Nancy, as we get into this second week and the fourth round now, which have got underway as we speak here on Monday on Labor Day over here in the States? Yeah, I think a, a fair few um, big stories. I think um, there's been quite a few, I suppose, top seeds Um Kind of being beaten, I think. Um, first, well, first, probably have to talk about the defending champion going out um, and Raducanu losing uh, her opening match, which I don't think is too much of a surprise. Um, but yeah, it kind of gives her a chance to reset now and and kind of continue on the WTA tour without that pressure of being a US Open champion. Um, and yeah, there's been a, quite a few other of the of the bigger players going. I think Simona Hallett was one of my shouts for the for the title when she's gone. Uh, same with Daria yeah. Kina, uh, Naomi Osaka, two-time winner. Went. Um, I think Maria Sakari, the the Greek player, also lost. Um, so there, there's been there's more than that that I I can't remember, but there's there's been. Yeah, and of course, Serena Williams was was beaten by the Austrian, uh, Australian. Uh, yeah, um, and that was of course a big, big game here because it was probably her last, and certainly her last at the U.S. Open. And as we speak, Petra Kvitova has been beaten by Jessica Bagula, six three six two. That was in the fourth round, uh, round of sixteen. Sorry, uh, that just happened. So. Uh, yeah, and uh, Iga Schwitek is is currently on court. She's playing Julie Nymeyer at the moment, and that's going with serve. Uh, but yeah, some surprises I thought. But uh, what I'm looking forward to, uh, well, there are a few things I'm looking forward to, and I think uh, um, uh, Anja Burr, of course, she's going to be playing uh, um, Aya Tumanovic, who beat uh, Serena Williams. 
So in the, in the quarterfinals, and Coco Goff is going to be playing Caroline Garcia, and I think Caroline Garcia may be uh, may may have a secret weapon. She may get further. She may get she may get through to the semifinals. Um, it's my prediction. She's been playing really well. Uh, any thoughts yeah. on that? I th- well, I think that's definitely uh, for me the match of of the round, really, um, because I think. I also think Coco Goff's been been playing really well. Um, I know mm-hmm. Caroline Garcia has had a I think ten match unbeaten run. I think she she is in really really impressive form, and I, I also remember watching her at uh, Wimbledon, and she looked really great there as well. Um, so that's two really really strong players coming up against each other in the quarter final. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Coco beat Coco beat Shuang, uh, uh, yeah, the Chinese, yeah, but seven five seven five. Yeah, so I, I, she's feeling I, strong. I, I, don't, I don't know how much of the home advantage might come into play because I know that she's been getting a lot of really good support. But yeah, that that's a match I'm really looking forward to because, like you said, I think potentially maybe whoever wins that one could say would go on and win it. I, I don't know. Uh, Coco Goff got to the French Open final, so has gone that far in a Grand Slam this season. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a really uh, juicy-looking tie. Yeah, but let, let's not forget that uh, Caroline Garcia beat the American Risk Arbitrage uh, 6-4-6-1. So she knows what it feels like to beat an American. So she may send... Sense blood, and now she gets some against Coco Goff again, and uh, see if she can beat another American two games running. Uh, but yeah, Anzia Burr, I know we like her, don't we? And uh, we love her game, but uh, Toblanovic has been playing so well, she was so strong and so resourceful against Serena Williams, uh, that she could be a surprise too. Um, who knows? Because she's not seeded, of course, and Anz is seeded number five, so. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess uh, are we are we putting any money on this at this point with, with the quarter still to, to play? Yeah, it's still in, so unpredictable. It really is. It's 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 yeah. I I, I all the everything that I've predicted has basically gone wrong. So I don't really want to curse anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'm going to stick my neck out with Caroline Garcia. See how far she can yeah. go. I think that's a good shout. I I think I'd I'd say that whoever wins that match is my favourite to win. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, we'll have more thoughts on this, of course, next week in the show when we have a new US women's champion. All right, more of that to come. Uh, and this week, would you get to watch much of it with the time difference? Of course, it's hard, isn't it? Five to five hours difference, and uh, that would make for a very late night for you. But is there a coverage extensively? For, for for all the top games like there is here, yeah. So it's on um, Amazon Prime, so um, ah, I can put it on there. And it does as it as you progress into the tournament, the times does get a bit better. Like obviously now, I could watch um, Swiatek, and then I think it's Azarenka versus Pliskova, so I could watch the those games, those mm-hmm. matches. And I think I remember the the US Open final last year was kind in terms of time difference here. So, yeah, I think as it, as the tournament progresses, it's easier to watch the, the kind of bigger matches um, that are, you know, they're on at more social yeah. hours. But, yeah, sometimes I just have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I understand. Uh, right, we're going to move on to fight that's going to be happening this Saturday. An all-female undercard 
Uh, tell us about that. That's happening over on your side of the pond, isn't it? Yeah, so really, really big uh, boxing match between uh, Savannah Marshall and Clarissa Shields. So, again, that's English versus American uh, boxing match. Um, so it's taking place at the O2 Arena in um, London. Um, I think kind of following on from the big match that Katie Taylor had uh, earlier on the year that was at Madison Square Gardens, I think continuing this mm-hmm. momentum uh, for, yeah, basically, you know, women's boxing and having them ha- take place in massive crowds. Um, and this one is particularly historic because it does have an all-female undercard, like you said. Um, there's boxers like Michaela Meyer, uh, Lauren Price, Caroline Dubois. They're all they've all got fights, and I th- I think I'm correct in saying it is the first like big fight. You know, that's on TV, that's on Sky at the O2 Arena. That's that's all female um, undercard, so that's really impressive. Um, yeah, the, the fight between Shields and Marshall is also going to be really interesting. Um, there's quite an intense rivalry between them. Um, Shields, I think, is unbeaten apart from, um, I believe it was the London 2012 or some Olympics. Maybe it was the other way around, but one of them beat the other at the Olympics. And then since then, they've been unbeaten. Uh, Shields is currently the WC, WBA and IBF uh, middleweight champion. And Marshall is currently the WBO middleweight champion. So um, whoever wins essentially becomes the undisputed middleweight middleweight champion. Um, and yeah, it's it's quite it's quite hard to call really. Um, you know, they're both really um, strong boxers, and it's going to be quite fiery. I think it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, this fight, it's been kind of been in the the, the pipe pipe worked for ages. Um, so yeah, it should be really exciting. Uh, that's going to be live on Sky Sports on September the 10th then. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of viewers they get for that uh, with the card that they've got. Uh, will you be going since it's in London? Yeah, so so I get um, free work. I'm going going with work. So, yeah, I'll be going to that. So that'd be really cool. Um, in terms of viewers, I don't know because Sky is um, – you have a subscription, so it's not free to air TV. So, um I don't really know how you know many sub- viewers the men's boxing get, so it will be interesting to see that comparison um, after the fight. Yeah. All right. Well, bring us more of that next week, and um, we can give you can give us a review of it, Nancy, for those who haven't been able to watch. It's going to be a big Saturday night for you. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it will start about six and go on till like eleven, half eleven. So yeah, it will well. be. It will be a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, a late night. All right, well, we've got some rugby news, haven't we, now? Because I started thinking about the Rugby World Cup, uh, which uh, is actually just over a, a month away before that starts in New Zealand. October October the 8th, that k- kicks off down under in, in New Zealand. Uh, and obviously, that's going to be a major, major, major competition, Nancy, for us to cover more extensively. Do you have any thoughts at this point? Uh, do, you, do you see a favourite? I know England have been playing so well, um, they, but but the competition is so tough these days, isn't it, within rugby, both in the 15s and, and uh, the 7s? Yeah, I think, um, well, definitely my main thought would be that England are kind of hot favourites to win that tournament. Um you know they're on a really even against level. New Zealand, even against the All Blacks. Well, yeah, well, I suppose because New Zealand came over uh, earlier in the year, didn't they? And, and England, and, yeah, won both them. Yeah, yeah. But then I guess that was different because I know New Zealand hadn't really been able to train or play together because of COVID. So 
I'm I don't know how much you know time they would have had between now and well then and now to to rectify that but it's definitely a weaker New Zealand team than than has ever come before um but they are playing at home they are playing in front of a home crowd so it doesn't give them a bit of an, an advantage that's true it's very true so it definitely will be close I mean obviously you know teams like Australia as well France um it's gonna it's gonna be really close so yeah really looking forward to to watching that again I'm not I think that's going to be mainly morning matches for us over here but I'm sure I can make that work yes oh we'll find a way we'll find a way uh now we're going to stay with rugby for a story which we brought to you a few weeks ago um about uh, the transgender uh, players being barred from the sport but the RFU the rugby football union in the UK now is facing legal action against that ban Nancy tell us about that yeah, so um, a transgender player, Julie Curtis, um, she's mounted a legal challenge against the ban. Um, so she's issued the RFU with a pre-action protocol letter, um, which is a legal document written to resolve a dispute before court proceedings start. Um, and she said she's been discriminated um, under Section 7 of the Equality Act, um, which legally protects people from discrimination in the workplace and wider society, but there are exceptions when it comes to sport. So it sounds like a little bit of a grey area um, in terms of kind of the law. Um, So, yeah, I think there is a section which says it's lawful to restrict the participation of transgender people from sporting competitions where physical strength, stamina or physique are important factors in deciding who wins. Um, But the restriction can only be done to ensure the competition is fair or the other competitors are safe. Um, So... Essentially, it means it's only unlawful discrimination to refuse participation if the competition organisers can show they would have an unfair competitive advantage. Um, and I think, as we know, with, with this whole thing, that's it's been, you know, it's taken years and years and years, all of this. So it sounds like that legal case, if it did go to court, could be quite um, a protracted one. Um, but the RFU says it's going to robustly uh, defend the case. Um and yeah, they've got until the 30th of September to respond to that. So we'll see what happens um, with that until the end, uh, at the end of the month. But yeah, so Curtis, who um, is the person that uh, mounted the legal challenge, um, she was hoping to play for Hover RFC, which are a grassroots team for the next season. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that, um, whether because there's a legal case they have to you know, uh, suspend the ban for a bit or whether she's not going to be able to play for the team this season um, and, yeah, to see how the legal case unfolds. Yeah, we'll be watching that. Um, And also to mention that in swimming, the FINA, the world governing body, they voted to stop transgender athletes from competing if they've gone through any part of the process of male puberty. So that would ban them from women's elite races. Uh, but they are planning to establish an open category, Nancy. We we mentioned that too, I think, before, because that this would be for swimmers whose gender identity is different than the sex they were born with. So... <clears throat> um, this is ongoing in swimming and also in cycling. Cycling, the UCI, again, the international governing body, they toughened their rules on, tra- on transgender ability by doubling the period of time before a rider transitioning from male to female can compete. So it just shows how different it is in every sport, doesn't it? Yeah, it is kind of a, you know, different sports have decided to do different things. Um 
So yeah, I, I'd be interested to see whether this legal action has an effect on other governing bodies or whether they just kind of stick to what they're doing to they're doing as well. Yes. All right. Well, we'll bring you more of that as it ha- unfolds. Uh, we want to go back to football now before we wrap up this week. And Karen Carney, uh, has, Karen Carney is known in England. She's not known so well here, but she's going to lead a major review of women's football. What's her background, Nancy? Is she a former player? Uh, yes, yeah, so Karen Carney, she played for a range of teams, um, so Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, Birmingham. She was over in the US for a bit as well. Um, and she, I think she retired around, it was, she was at the 2019 World Cup. I think it was after that. So like late 2019, early 2020. Um, she's now a pundit uh, for both men and women's football. Um, so yeah, it's quite often on TV doing football, uh, football stuff. So yeah, she, she's been appointed um, by the culture secretary for the UK um, to chair an in-depth review into the future of domestic women's football. So this is coming off the back of England winning uh, Euro 2022 um, to make sure that the game, um, well, that they want to deliver bold and sustainable growth of the women's game at an elite and grassroots level. Um, so there's going to be a focus on assessing the potential audience reach and growth for the game, um, examining the financial health of the game and its financial sustainability for the long term, um, and examining the structures within women's football. So it sounds like it's quite um, far-reaching. Um, I know that Karen Carney as well, she's she's done a... She, uh, I can't remember what company it is. It's something like like Visa or someone like that, but she she does has done kind of side work in business as well. So she sounds quite well-equipped to, to be doing this review as, as someone who is a player, still involved in the game, but then also has that kind of business mindset as well. Um, so yeah, quite exciting, and um, it's it's good that the review is happening um, to make sure that you know action is taken after after the Euros, and we don't just kind of let it all all the momentum we built up fade away. Um, so yeah, exciting to see how how that ends up, and and kind of um, yeah, what comes from that really. Yeah, it's so important that there's a legacy from grassroots all the way through, right? The 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 ladder. And the steps on the ladder have to be continue a continuum for the sport to work effectively at all levels, uh, obviously. Uh, but that's good. Good. That's great. Um, that's good that the government are putting money into it and taking this seriously. Yeah, exactly. I think it's um, it's something that's really important. And yeah, hopefully a lot of you know different voices around women's football will be able to kind of input their thoughts and and yeah, be productive. Yeah. Well, good luck to her. And we'll obviously bring you uh, the report when that happens. I'm sure that'll take a little while, as extensive as it's going to be. And I think that's about it for this week, Nancy, except we do have we do have more important news, which really should have led off this year, this week. And that is that you're back running and you have new running shoes. So there's no stopping you now. Yeah, oh yeah, I went and, and got some new shoes uh, yesterday and, and went for a run today. So yeah, it does make a big difference. I think my old shoes were definitely um definitely needed to be thrown away quite a while ago. Um, so <laughs> quite, quite a bit uh, quite a good motivation to get back out there and and yeah, hopefully I get back into a routine now. Yeah, the incentive is there. So the running running has to come first because you want to be playing football again this season, won't you? Yeah, I I hope so. I'm hoping to find a a team somewhere local uh, because the team I was playing for was a bit far away. Um, So, yeah, I need to to get looking for someone to join quite soon. 
Excellent. And you, do you have a goal yet in the distant goal for running uh, something like a half marathon? We talked about it before because it didn't look like you had a marathon in mind, but you have some other goals. Yeah, I think definitely a half marathon. Um, but there's not many that take place over over here over winter. Um, so I need to have a look. Um, but maybe something like March, I'd sign up for one and then just have that as my aim over winter. I think that'd be quite good motivation. Yeah. Oh, well, keep us posted, won't you? I mean, we'll we'll have an update from you each each week. Make sure now that you're – now the training has started, now that you've got your running shoes back, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll need progress reports, Nancy, because – We'll have to follow you all the way, wherever they, wherever it is you're going. Of course. <laughs> uh, what are you following this week, apart from the football? Uh, will you get to watch the friendlies against Nigeria or, or over in the US? Because we couldn't watch the the uh, World Cup qualifiers from Europe over here. Yeah, unfortunately, I'd, we don't get the the US WNT games over here. Um, it's only kind of really our own. Um, our own matches maybe there might be one on the stream somewhere but not that i'm aware of so yeah we'll be watching england tomorrow um obviously the rest of the us open and then the shields marshall fight at the weekend and then the start of the wsl at the weekend as well so it's um <laughs> is that actually quite a fair amount happening this week yeah got a lot for you to write about uh so the wsl starts this week does it okay and does yeah. that mean arsenal play this weekend uh, so they play on um, they play on Sunday. Uh, so they've got a match. Their first match is against Man City. So pretty massive match, really. Um, yeah. We always have quite a big fixture at the start of the season. Uh, last season yeah. we had Chelsea, and this season we've got City. So okay. yeah, uh, should be should be good. Yeah. Good luck with, with that. Uh, good luck to England against Luxembourg tomorrow, and to the USWNT in their second game uh, against Nigeria. We'll have a lot more of football and rugby and anything else that comes across our desks in the name of women's sports, Nancy. And just remind everybody where they can read your writings. Yep, so everything's on uh, Gimme Sport Women. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's um, at Gimme Sport W. And then I'm on Twitter myself at Nancy underscore Gillen and also on Insta, uh, which my handle is Nancy Gillen underscore sport. Perfect. And we're at With Sports, as always, uh, online at withsports.com and on social media at With Sports. Until next week, then, Nancy, enjoy your week of sport from football to boxing. Um, and uh, we'll meet you back here at the same time, same place next week. Yep. Speak next week. All right. Until then, thank you for listening, everybody, and enjoy your sport. Mm-hmm.